That's what I would have did. I can only hope that WWE is going to have floating champions back and forth with the women and the tag team. Because if they, if they add another set of tag team championships and they add another set or another women's championship, it's not going to work out. There is not enough, enough depth on this roster for both divisions. I don't give a shit if you have to fucking dip into NXT, if you have to go dip into Ring of Honor or New Japan or TNA. There's not enough depth. It's not going to work. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your aew rampage and friday night smackdown post show for april 8th 2022 i am jd from new york and if you didn't think if you didn't think i was right man and you didn't expect me to bring the fucking receipts tonight you had another thing coming man you had another thing coming man five years five fucking years i've been the only one in the community don't let anybody fool you don't let anybody fool you man with their fucking bullshit five years i've been saying the same fucking thing since 2016 what did we get tonight i couldn't believe what the fuck i was hearing tonight when roman reigns said it and uttered the words to everybody. The words came out of his mouth tonight. I'm sending Jimmy and Jay Uso over to Monday Night Raw to unify the WWE Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Why don't you just put me on the fucking creative team, Bruce? I could have saved you five fucking years of absolute illogical stupidity and shit for the last five years years i love it i love it one of the greatest joys that i have is sitting here and talking to you guys about pro wrestling and how it should be done and when it's right and when i say something and it happens even though it took five fucking years even with Roman Reigns. It took how long for him to turn heel? And now we can't even look at Roman Reigns on what he was when he first showed up as a babyface on WWE television. It took seven years for them to get that right. Takes WWE a little bit longer than most to get things right because they always think that what they're doing is right in the moment. But I'm here to tell them that it's always wrong. But when it does happen, man, when it does happen and I say it and I know it and I feel it and I hope that it happens and I'm telling you that it is what it needs to be, 
And it needs to happen when it does actually happen. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Bruce is actually a fan of the show. Maybe Bruce actually watches the show. You know, because he likes to usually steal people's work and he used he, he, he just watches podcasts in the community because he can't really do it on his own, man. He uses off the script as his number one tool for his creative drive. Maybe. I don't know. WWE, potentially, we have to see where this goes on Monday night. But it is rather exciting because it definitely ties up major loose ends for their roster. I wish they'd do the same with the women's division, but I don't see that happening. WWE, at the end of SmackDown, had Roman Reigns go out there and tell the Usos to go to Monday Night Raw and unify the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships. When he said it, I could not believe what he actually uttered. And we have to wait and see what WWE actually does. Right now, it's only words coming out of Roman Reigns' mouth. But as far as that is concerned, I really do hope that they drive the nail all the way in with this one and we unify the fucking titles and the brands. They could remain split. We don't need to end the brand split. But as long as you are tying up this division, because it can no longer operate, no longer operate. It couldn't operate when I said it five fucking years ago. And it's still the same thing. It cannot operate any longer in its current state. You got four fucking teams on Raw and no teams on SmackDown after Boogs went down. Who is there? The Viking Raiders and Los Lotharios with the New Day not really being factored into much of anything. And now you got the Usos with a plethora of options upon a merging of the tag team divisions. This is going to be a great thing. They already have Roman going to Raw. I believe he will be on Raw Monday. They already have Roman as the unified champion in WWE. He will more than likely be doing double duty on Raw and SmackDown. So why not the Usos? Why not the Usos? I don't know how long this is going to take to really kind of settle in and really make it normal. But the fact of the matter is we got it said, we got it uttered. Tag team unification in the same fucking sentence tonight. I'll take that as a W for WWE, finally. And I'll take it as a major W for me that I can hang on the fucking wall in the venue. No question. It's the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do last year and the year before that, the year before that, the year before that. Since 2016, I've been saying it. It didn't make sense then. And the fact that WWE was operating with the tag team division the way it was now, it didn't make sense. So something clearly, clearly went on in creative to a point where maybe they don't have any other ideas on what to do with the tag team division. And it finally got to a point where they were all out of options. And they said, let's do it. Let's do it. JD's been talking about it for five fucking years. Let's do it. And we got it. Hopefully. So we'll see what happens on Monday night's Raw. Roman Reigns, as far as his title defense goes, they are still going on with the Nakamura Boogs bloodline storyline. Boogs obviously out. We talked about Boogs 
on episode 425 of the podcast last night when we were live. He's going to be out several months. And Nakamura more than likely will be the next in line to be fed to Roman Reigns. He needs challenges. They're not going to do Drew McIntyre yet. I'm pretty sure they're saving that for SummerSlam. Cody says he wants the world title. I don't know when they possibly even explore that. So Nakamura seems to be the next in line for the tribal chief, and he will be the next victim of Roman Reigns, more than likely at WrestleMania Backlash, because he's going to need opponents, and right now there is nobody on that roster that is absolutely even at the same level as Roman Reigns. So this is going to be a nice little appetizer for Roman Reigns before he gets on into some bigger fish with Drew McIntyre and potentially Cody Rhodes going on later into the summer. WWE had several call-ups on this SmackDown. Gunther, a.k.a. Walter, made his SmackDown debut. Marcel Bartel made his SmackDown debut. Raquel Gonzalez made her SmackDown debut. We already know that WWE changed the name of Gunther. Walter was his old name. He is now named Gunther or Gunther. I say Gunther because that's the way he pronounces it. Marcel Bartel. He was a stablemate of Walter in Imperium. Imperium, by the way, don't know if you guys really understand this because some of you didn't watch NXT. Some of you didn't care to watch NXT. You may not know the greatness that is Imperium. They are Triple H. They are Paul Levesque. They are NXT. They are Triple H's creation. Just keep that in mind. I want you guys to keep that little factoid in the back of your mind, okay? Write it down somewhere. Don't forget it. I'll be revisiting that a little bit later in the show. They are Triple H. They are NXT 1.0. They are black and gold. WWE opted to call up Imperium, shed the name Imperium, got rid of it, They changed Gunther and his name, Walter, to Gunther. And they changed Marcel Bartel's name to Ludwig Kaiser. I don't know whether I'm watching somebody that I really, really enjoyed watching. Somebody that I thought was part of one of the best groups in all of pro wrestling. One half of one of the greatest tag teams in the world. Probably the best tag team in WWE. They changed his name to Ludwig Kaiser. I don't know whether he's a pro wrestler or he's number seven on the fucking deli menu when I go to order a fucking sandwich. Maybe Bruce was playing Super Mario 3. I don't know, Bruce. Were you playing Super Mario 3? I remember vividly that Ludwig von Koopa was world seven. I don't understand this fucking shit. Then I got E-drones, the same E-drones, and the same fucking idiots, the bots, that Tony Khan was talking about, that attack AEW, the same fucking bots on social media. Oh, well, it's only a name change. It's only a name change. It's only a name change. Listen, I don't want Ludwig von Kaiser on my television without fucking spicy mustard and a nice brioche bun, you fucking slob, Bruce Bridget. Seriously, the fuck is wrong with you? 
What is wrong with you? I'm going to rant. I'm going to rant. I seriously cannot stand the fucking pettiness and the direct feel of the company just to eliminate everything that was Triple H, man. Oh, but Triple H, he is retired now. They sent him out there. Everybody loves Triple H. WWE loves Triple H. Give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break. It's happening then. It's happening now. It will continue to fucking happen until everything is wiped clean. Ludwig von Kaiser, or Ludwig Kaiser is his name. Now we know where Von Wagner came from. The same person that came up with Von Wagner came up with Gunther and Von, uh, Ludwig Von Kaiser. Give me a fucking break with this shit, man. The name sounds utterly ridiculous. Seriously. Hold the lettuce and tomato, Ludwig. Raquel Gonzalez. Now, I know you guys don't watch NXT. They just... They just, they just paired back Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai to chase the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. What do they do? They take Raquel Gonzalez out of a storyline on NXT to call her up on the main roster to be eye candy for the Los Lotharios duo of Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. The thing is, they changed Raquel Gonzalez's name. One of the most unnecessary name changes possibly in the history of name changes. Raquel Gonzalez is now known as Raquel Rodriguez. I don't know why. I don't see the sense in that at all. Raquel Gonzalez rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Raquel Gonzalez sounds better in theory. Raquel Gonzalez looks better on paper. Raquel Gonzalez looks better in a graphic. Raquel Rodriguez is her name. I don't understand the need for a name change when she already had a character and a persona in NXT that was already changed. If you guys already know Raquel Gonzalez and the history of Raquel Gonzalez... She was known as Reina Gonzalez. She competed in the Mae Young Classic. Then they changed her name to Raquel Gonzalez. Now she's Raquel Rodriguez. Absolutely fucking petty. Why did they change the name? I'll tell you why they changed the fucking name. I don't understand why they changed the name, but I'll tell you why they changed the name when we go over that a little bit later. And then on AEW Rampage, Wheeler Yuta, man. Wheeler Yuta had a fantastic match with John Moxley. This match was a showcase for Wheeler Yuta and the Blackpool Combat Club, Brian and Regal. Obviously, this was all about to see if he was good enough to be in the BCC. After tonight, I don't think anybody is thinking at all about Wheeler Yuta and him being with the best friends he absolutely deserves to be in the BCC. A fantastic match with John Moxley. Tony Khan has done great jobs with Wardlow, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy. Now you can add Wheeler Yuta, Darby Allen. Now you could add Wheeler Yuta. 
to that list of names he is building internally on AEW television. The last two weeks, nobody on AEW television has looked better than Wheeler Yuta. A star was made tonight in Wheeler Yuta. And if you don't think so, and you don't think TK is doing a very good job with the talent that he has, like Wheeler Yuta, you clearly are not paying close enough attention. We're going to go over everything tonight, guys. My voice is still shot. I've been live streaming every single day since last Friday, man. Have not taken a day off. We did Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor, all the way through WrestleMania weekend. Raw, NXT, Dynamite. We were live last night for episode 425 of Off the Script. And now we're live tonight for SmackDown. Go and check that out. By the way, episode 425, man, we talked about the Nash Carter situation and why I think it's complete bullshit, a crock of shit, that Nash Carter of MSK, one half of the now vacant tag team champions, was released. His ex-wife caused the shitstorm on social media, and I went over that story in depth about why he really got fired from the company. Also, I talked about all the call-ups, some of which we got to see tonight. Minus one. LA Knight was due for a call-up. WWE still contemplating on what to do with LA Knight. I think he fit perfect on SmackDown. But they want to make him a manager. They want to make him a manager. I don't know who thought of that, but they need to be fucking terminated immediately. Also, we talked about Sonny. Tammy Sitch. She's now being charged with murder, hopefully. Because she was driving under the influence with an already revoked license. She's now in a situation where she's a part of a murder of a 75-year-old man getting behind the wheel drunk behind the wheel of a vehicle. we talk about all that on Off The Script 425. Go and check that out. It is on the homepage right now for you. If you missed anything from yesterday's live stream. Follow me on Twitter, guys, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up as well. I see 620 likes on the live stream chat right now. Let's try for a thousand minimum. And that should be easy enough because we already have over 2,100 people in the OTS venue tonight. So make sure you guys go and do that for me. Helps out the video tremendously. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Honey. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. You guys are going to download their free web browser. Start saving some money with Honey. Everybody that downloads the web browser using our unique link. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. You're doing me a solid, man. Shows Honey that you're supporting the podcast and they're more likely to stay on month after month after month after month. So go hit them up and start saving some money with Honey. And also, get those Super Chats in and hit that Join button down below, man. Super Chats will go over at the end of the night and everybody that hits that Join button is going to become a member of the OTS VIP Club. We got over 500 members. So make sure you guys go and hit that Join button. You get access to those emotes. And you get those cool custom badges next to your name, man. So hit that join button, become a channel member, become an OTS VIP right here on Off The Scripts. 
Let's start at the top, man. We're going to start off with what we saw on SmackDown first, and then we'll get into Rampage like we usually do. Kayla Braxton. Kayla Braxton. She was in the ring, and she introduced Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey walks into Milwaukee, man, putting everybody to sleep. In Milwaukee. What is there to do, actually, in Milwaukee? I'm pretty sure it more it more than likely is more entertaining and exciting than watching a Ronda Drowsy promo. So Ronda Rousey comes down the aisle. She gets into the ring. She's shaking hands, and she's high-fiving people, and she's smiling because she's a babyface. She's out there with Kayla Braxton, and... They went into the big screen footage of WrestleMania and the boring match that it was for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and they showed Charlotte Flair tapping out to Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The match, by the way, that did not main event night one. They got beat out by the KO show, and Ronda Rousey was very upset. Don't let her tweet fool you. I would bet big money on Ronda Rousey being very upset with upper management in WWE. Just have a feeling. Anyway, Ronda's out there, and Ronda... <clears throat> I made Charlotte tap out, and I'm going to do it again. My mom taught me to be the best in the world, and I have to be able to beat everybody twice on their worst day. Then she goes on and says... <clears throat> I beat her once, but not when it counted. And that's on me. Braxton then said Roman Reigns will reveal his next step. What that next step is a little bit later. And Rousey was asked that same question. What her next step will be in this Charlotte Flair dilemma for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Rousey says, (laughs) I want a rematch, but not a regular match. I want a match with no loopholes and no doubt. I challenge Charlotte to an I quit match at WrestleMania Backlash. Ronda Drowsy putting Milwaukee to sleep. So Charlotte tries and gets into the promo here and tries to wake everybody up. She shows up on the big screen laughing and she said Ronda couldn't beat her at Checkers. Your CPU is not as great as mine. She can't beat her at checkers, let alone an I quit match. She said quitting isn't in her DNA, but winning is. She felt like the armbar, or she said she felt the armbar, but she walked out as SmackDown Women's Champion. She said Ronda's nickname is the baddest woman on the planet, and it isn't a catchphrase, it's a myth. She said her answer is no to the I quit match at WrestleMania Backlash. So get in the back of the line, bitch, is what she said. Rousey then leaned over the top rope and started to listen to Charlotte Flair cut this promo. She said, (laughs) Charlotte, the match is going to happen. And I'm not going to say I quit. I'm going to make you scream I quit. And then that's it. Then she said something about bending her elbow backwards. 
I'm bending over backwards to reach for the fucking remote control every time Ronda, drowsy, is on my television screen, man. What a fucking bore. This is what Fox is paying for. They're paying for Ronda Rousey, the baddest woman on the planet, to put everybody to fucking sleep in prime time on Fox on Friday nights. Great job there, Fox. Great job there, guys. This shit sucks. I don't know how anybody, I don't even know how the women involved could be happy with the fucking program that they're currently involved in. This shit is boring. Boring. I don't give a shit how good Ronda is. I don't care if I got to respect Ronda or who Ronda is to the fucking community in women's combat sports. She's boring. She's boring. And somebody get her a fucking muzzle, man. She should not be on the fucking microphone ever again. Never mind going to CVS and getting fucking sleep aid. Put on a Ronda Rousey promo. You'll be falling asleep in about 30 fucking seconds. Melatonin. Ronda Rousey, the spokesman, the spokeswoman for melatonin. Holy shit. Can anybody say that they're genuinely interested in this feud? What are we doing here? What are we doing? This is making Ronda Rousey worse. Charlotte, I mean, everybody says Charlotte's so good, right? If she was so good, she'd make this at least fucking a fourth interesting. A tenth interesting. I'm bored to fucking tears. So for all the people that say Charlotte's the greatest ever, she clearly is not. She can't bring a fucking, she can't even keep one eye open. I can't even keep one eye open in this fucking feud. How great is she? How great is Charlotte Flair? The match itself sucked at WrestleMania. What do you think they're going to go and reproduce at WrestleMania Backlash? More of the same. Spare me. I told you this was going to happen on Saturday night. Great. We got another fucking continuation of a feud that we don't give a shit about. Get it off my television, man. The sooner, the better. And what are you going to do when Ronda Rousey beats Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship? She's going to be putting the next person in line, the next woman in line for the championship to sleep. Who's that going to be? Who's it going to be? Raquel Rodriguez? Give me a fucking break. Yeah, I'm sure people are dying to see that fucking barn burner of a match. Lacey Evans, how about that one? Lacey Evans came back tonight. I, no interest. No interest. Ooh, sob story, no interest. Give me a fucking break. Nobody gives a shit about Lacey Evans and her fucking, you, you tried this once before and it went nowhere. Now you're trying it again without the fucking old timer gimmick that she had. Spare me. Ronda and Charlotte, no matter who the champion is, the division is shit. Shit. Talk about merging tag team titles. We need to merge the fucking women's championships. Hopefully that's the next thing on the priority list of things to do. Hopefully that is what we're leading to with Ronda and Becky for the championships. Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods is there. First match of the night. He went one-on-one with Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunne, also known as also another guy on the NXT roster that needed no name change whatsoever. Completely and utterly pointless to change Pete Dunne to Butch. 
They got this guy. This is fucking pathetic. So fucking pathetic. They got this guy. Wait till I get to the end of the match. They got this guy out there legitimately. His entire gimmick. His entire gimmick is Scrappy-Doo. I swear on my grandfather's tomb. This is Pete Dunne's gimmick on the main roster. Reggie? Reggie? Where's Scrappy-Doo? Reggie? Oh, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here, Scoob. I'm right here. Let's fight. That is Pete Dunne's gimmick. That is Pete Dunne's gimmick on the main roster. Uncle Scoob! Uncle Scoob, I got him! I got him! Let me get him! Let me get him! Don't hold me back, Scoob! Reggie? I, I, I don't... I don't believe what I'm watching. And then people want to criticize me that I'm too negative on the WWE product. Meanwhile, you're watching a fucking cartoon play out with one of the best professional wrestlers that the company employs in Pete Dunne. The fuck is wrong with you people? Why did you need to change his name? Seriously. And it gets better. It gets better. So they had this match. The match itself wasn't bad. The match itself wasn't bad. Who do you think won the match? Did Pete Dunne win his first match on SmackDown? <laughs> you guys think that Pete Dunne was going to win his first match? Yeah, yeah, right. You guys are some fucking comedians, man. You guys are really some fucking comedians. Of course he didn't win his fucking match. So Sheamus and Holland are in the back. They're pumping him up. They're pumping him up. I don't, who, who's, uh, who's Scooby and who's Reggie? Who's Scooby? Who plays Scooby and who plays Shaggy in the Fight Night Club or whatever the fuck they're calling him? Who's who? And they got Pete Dunne over there. Let me get him. Let me get him. Let me get him. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kingston praised Sheamus and Holland for getting their first win at WrestleMania before the match. He welcomed them to the WrestleMania win club. Woods pointed out that he hasn't won at WrestleMania. Kingston said when he won the title in 2019, they both won. Now, it doesn't work that way. It says Kofi Kingston and next to his name, W, not Xavier Woods. Woods pointed out that WrestleMania is the season finale. Therefore, tonight's season premiere 
is SmackDown on Fox after WrestleMania. Oh, don't worry. We'll be in reruns by week three. New Day claimed that's all records start over. So they all have a clean record now. Oh, really? I'd love for you to produce these records. Why are you talking about win-loss records when Bruce Pritchard takes a shit every morning on fucking win-loss records? Butch has an early advantage here. He's wrestling in fucking gray slacks with suspenders because that's what Bruce Pritchard thinks of when he looks at people like Pete Dunne. Woods fought back. Holland and Sheamus gave Butch some advice on the outside because Woods was getting the best of him. Woods missed a splash in the corner. Butch took over. He worked on Woods' arm. Woods started to fight back. That nice joint manipulation by Pete Dunne. Woods caught Butch in a side rushing leg sweep and hit a basement dropkick. Butch and Woods ended up fighting at ringside. Butch regained control when he gave Woods a suplex on the ring apron. So Butch is in control. He slowed the pace down. Like I said, joint manipulation, the arm bar, the snapping of the fingers. And Butch followed up with a forearm to the face. And he went for a near fall, only got a two count. Woods started to fight back, some chops, some punches. He took it to Butch with a kick to the face. Woods went for a tornado DDT, but Butch caught him with a punch right to the jaw. Butch stomped on his fingers, stomped on Woods' head. Butch charged at Woods. He avoided. Woods then used the most devastating move in all of pro wrestling, all of WWE, the small package. One, two, three. And Xavier Woods beats Butch and defeats him for his first loss in his very first match on Friday Night SmackDown. Well, what a great way to build new, vibrant, fresh talent, Bruce. Having them go out there, hey, Uncle Scoob, Uncle Scoob, and then lose via a fucking roll-up. What a joke. Not only is he a cartoon character, he's a fucking loser. Oh, he was a loser before he even fucking walked through the curtain with the name Butch. He already fucking killed him before he even stepped foot in the fucking building. Yeah, because we can all see Butch main eventing WrestleMania at some point in his career. Give me a fucking break. After the match, Butch Butch was shoving Sheamus, shoving Ridge Holland. He headbutted Sheamus. This guy threw a temper tantrum in the middle of the ring, went to go sit on the top turnbuckle and sit there moping like a little fucking child. Michael Cole even said it was very reminiscent of a little child. This is what you've done to somebody that was heralded by everybody in NXT as a future piece of the company. They went out of their way to go to Europe to scout this man, to bring him in, built an entire fucking tournament, an entire brand around him. And this is where his career rests. Six feet under on SmackDown, going by the name Butch, losing his first match on SmackDown, and he's got the character of Scrappy fucking Do on Friday night. How to kill a career in fucking two weeks by Bruce Pritchard. Bro, I'm looking forward to the book when it hits Barnes & Noble when it comes out, bro. Seriously. Seriously. 
Can't wait to read this fucking riveting tale. Holy shit. What a joke. You know why I fucking bitch and moan about the goddamn product. You're watching a fucking Saturday morning cartoon. This is what you're watching. But I'm not supposed to complain, right? We go from night one of WrestleMania where I praise the fucking show to this bullshit tonight. Literally, literally six days later. Moving on. It doesn't get better, by the way. Backstage, we got Sami Zayn. He asked how Adam Pearce could allow such heinous things to happen at WrestleMania. How is anybody allowing this heinous shit that we just saw in the opening match happen on SmackDown? He says, was an anything goes match, says Pierce. You asked for it. Not everybody is going to get that type of match. Not everybody's going to be welcome for that type of match. He says he was supposed to get his revenge against Knoxville, but he had to deal with Party Boy and Wee Man. He had to deal with Party Boy and Wee Man. He says he's one of the best in the world, and he's been reduced to a laughing stock. Oh, Sammy's a laughing stock. I don't think it's as bad as Bruce Pritchard's writing, but Sammy is not a laughing stock in the eyes of somebody like me. He's one of the best in the world. Sammy showed Pierce a slice of cheese that he took from Titus Catering, long-term cooking, Titus Catering. Slice of cheese on a styrofoam plate, and he said it's because he was trapped in a giant mousetrap. Says he wants his respect back, so I want a match against the next person that walks through that locker room door. They're standing in front of the locker room door, and Adam Pearce says, all right, I could, I could deal with that. We could, we could do something along those lines. Fine. Whoever walks through that door next is your opponent tonight on SmackDown. In walks Drew McIntyre. Sami Zayn's like, no, 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 no. I, I think the next person that comes through that door is the guy I should face tonight. And then Adam Pearce's like, no, no, no. Just like you asked for the Knoxville match to be anything goes. You ask for this, and you know what? It sounds good enough. I'm going to book it tonight. Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre. All I have to do is beat Drew McIntyre, he says. And he was very nervous, but he says, well, if I beat Drew McIntyre, and he starts thinking, maybe I can gain some of that self-respect back and some of that credibility back. So Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre was booked tonight. It sucks that he's got to deal with this fucking circus, but Sami Zayn, he's on TV, and to the check marks, being on TV is good enough for Sami Zayn. Fine. If they say so. Because we all got to agree with the check marks on social media. Ludwig Kaiser. Ludwig Kaiser. Who's Ludwig Kaiser, JD? Formerly one half of the best tag teams in all of WWE, period, Imperium, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. Ludwig Kaiser comes out. He stood on the stage and introduced Gunther. Gunther is now on SmackDown. The graphic on the big screen showed his name, and it said, The Ring General. Michael Cole said he's one of the most decorated international competitors of the last decade 
and he's bringing his pulverizing style to SmackDown. Michael Cole, do you care on telling us where he wrestled for the last three or four years? I mean, he was only the longest reigning NXT United Kingdom champion of all time. Walter, right? Oh, but we won't mention that because that's a Triple H brand. Oh, that was a Triple H brand. No, we won't mention that, though, because it has nothing to do with the main roster. Nobody cares about that. Who watches NXT UK? Nobody cares about how long, 800, 700 days, he sold the United Kingdom Championship. Nobody cares. Ludwig Kaiser. That's his new name, man. That's the name that they came up with. Sap on Twitter said the original name was Ludwig Klaus. That was the going name right before the show hit the air. Around 7 o'clock, they opted to change it. He was going to be named Ludwig Klaus, but they, na- they named it, or he, they named him Ludwig Kaiser. Maybe Bruce Pritchard at the time he made this change was eating a BLT on a Kaiser roll with spicy mustard. Lettuce, tomato, pickle, onions, pepper, right? Is that what you were eating, Bruce? Was that what you ordered at the deli? You went to the deli and you went up to the counter and you said, oh, I'll have a number five, the Ludwig Kaiser. That's what I'm going to have. Seriously, that's what it sounds like. Sounds like I'm going to the fucking Italian deli and I'm going to order myself a fucking sandwich for lunch. Kaiser, Ludwig Kaiser. Or maybe he was playing Super Mario Brothers 3, which I think is one of the greatest Mario games of all time. And maybe Bruce Prichard got stuck on World 7. Ludwig von Koopa's level was pretty tough, bro. I know. Back in the day, man, we had a a nice challenging time with Ludwig von Koopa. Is that where you got your influence from? I don't understand it. I don't understand the fucking name change. The one thing, let me start by this first, by saying this first. I don't understand why you call these two guys up. Two-thirds of Imperium got called up. Imperium's dead. The name is gone. No more Imperium. Their theme music was axed, which was probably the best theme music in all of WWE, right? Then you axed Walter's entrance. Doesn't feel the same at all. He comes out just standing and walking like anybody else. It was impactful when all three of them stood behind him. You call up two-thirds of Imperium and you leave Fabian Eichner down in NXT. I have to ask why. I have to ask why. Was it a request by Eichner not to go to the main roster? Maybe he didn't want to go to the main roster because he knew exactly what his fate would be on the main roster. That's a possibility. He wouldn't be the first to ask not to go to the main roster. It also is a death wish. If you tell them no, you'll probably be on Nick Khan's budget cut list within the next 30 days. Or maybe he is staying in NXT because NXT management which is Bruce Pritchard or Vince McMahon, maybe they see bigger things in plan or in in the future for Fabian Eichner as a singles guy on NXT. Now, that may be unlikely, but it also could be just a small, small chance of something happening like that. Maybe they see him as a big breakout singles guy. Or maybe, how about this? You know, Tony D'Angelo, my boy Tony D on NXT, They did this little shtick where they anointed him the Don of NXT. Now, Tony D'Angelo is playing an Italian mafia-like gimmick. 
Fabian Eichner is Italian. Maybe they pair Eichner under a new gimmick, under a new name, which would be fucking ridiculous, with Tony D'Angelo, and we get some mob-like connection with Tony D'Angelo and Fabian Eichner. Fabian Eichner looks like he could play the role, man. If Fabian Eichner was my muscle, I'd be pretty fucking safe. He's a fucking beast, man. Fabian Eichner is so good. But WWE is so fucking stupid that they opted to call up two-thirds of Imperium. Meanwhile, what you did is break up one of the best tag teams, if not the best tag team in WWE. Now there's solo acts. Bartell is going to suffer immensely by himself. Fabian Eichner probably will fare a little bit better than Bartell, but they're both going straight to nowhere. They're not going to succeed in WWE as singles acts. They were greater together. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce. Don't you need fucking tag teams? Oh, that's right. You're about to merge the division. You don't need the Imperium guys to be a tag team anymore. You don't feel the need for any more tag teams on SmackDown. Great job there, bro. You actively destroyed one of the best groups in all of WWE. You actively destroyed one of the best tag teams in WWE for absolutely no fucking reason. And I see a lot of people, a lot of people online, including the fucking checkmark geeks that suck dick by the E. A lot of people. Online, claiming, oh, well, WWE wants to trademark and WWE wants to own their intellectual property and all this other fucking garbage that they're reiterating to their dumb fucking followers. How does that work? Do you know how that works? Do you know exactly how that works? I need to ask a serious fucking question to everybody here because I'm very confused as to why they changed these people's names Meanwhile, they've been in the fucking company for how long now? You mean to tell me when these characters are created and these names are given out, they're given names that WWE can't trademark? I thought they should be going through the process right when they walk through the fucking door. You mean to tell me that WWE doesn't have Walter trademarked? You mean to tell me that WWE doesn't have Marcel Bartel trademarked? You mean to tell me that WWE doesn't have Raquel Gonzalez trademarked? So they're operating under a WWE banner, NXT show, their third show, which is a televised program. They're operating under a non-trademarked name. Then they get called up to the main roster and they have their name changed because WWE needs to own their intellectual property. I don't understand it. That's the dummy way of looking at it. You would think that if they're in NXT, they go through the fucking process of being given a name that WWE can actively and easily trademark, right? No, but here I am complaining about fucking names that don't need to be changed. So why did they change the name? It's not for the intellectual trademark. It's not for the intellectual property. WWE has already owned it. They already came up with the character that they are going to trademark and merchandise. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on fucking television. This is what I don't understand. So now what you've done is actively killed everything that these people work for. And when they get to the main roster, you treat everybody like a fucking idiot because you never tell anybody where they actually came from. Meanwhile, we've been watching Walter for the last four years dominate NXT television. 
Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eicher were tag team champions two fucking weeks ago. A week ago, I take over. Or uh, stand and deliver. Take over. Stand and deliver. They lost the tag team titles. Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner as Imperium were the tag team champions. Now he's fucking some number fucking five on a deli menu. Jesus fucking Christ. Why did they change the name? You want to know why they changed the fucking name? Because they are looking to rid every single fucking aspect that is black and gold. Looking to eliminate everything that is Triple H. They don't want anything from his era. To make it to television, they want it to be brand new. Like they're unboxing a fucking new gift. Brand new, right out of the fucking box. Right out of the wrapper. That's what they're doing it for. Nobody can convince me that they didn't have these names fucking trademarked. Give me a break. Absolutely petty and unnecessary. And then at the end of the fucking day, what gets me upset is the fucking fact that they worked all their fucking years in this company as one name, and then you want me to fucking get behind somebody with the name of Ludwig Kaiser and Butch and Gunther. Meanwhile, you had a fucking absolutely unbelievable program waiting for you with Imperium versus the Bloodline. That's too good for you, I guess. That's too rich for your blood, Bruce, right? Give me a fucking break with your stupidity this company sucks they suck the fun out of everything they fucking ruin your mood and they just hate every single one of you man Ludwig Kaiser where'd you come up with that one how long did it take you to come up with that one this guy probably had fucking cross-eyed listening to Bruce tell him yeah you know what we're gonna change your name change your name to this and then they changed his name again before he went out to the curtain Introduces Walter, Gunther. Gunther came out wearing this red coat. Now, if you guys know his work in NXT, he used to come out with a black coat. Red coat. Red coat. Uh, Bartel Kaiser, he had a, a, a red jacket on with a German flag on it. These guys came out to absolute silence. Absolute silence. The presentation of them is fucking putrid. It does not make an impact at all. You know who made an impact on them? Triple H. That's an impact. That entrance was grand. That entrance was epic. You listened to that music and you saw those guys in the fucking spotlight. That is talent. That is a presentation. Not this shit. Guy comes out wearing a big fucking red coat Fucking uh, Kaiser's got the, the German flag on his, on his jacket. Silence. Not one single fucking peep in the crowd in Milwaukee. Then he gets in the ring. He destroys this guy, this jobber, this enhancement talent, Joe Alonzo, chops him into fucking next week, gives him a powerbomb, one, two, three, and that was it. That was it. During the match, some smart mark fans in Milwaukee who are absolutely on top of things were chanting, Walter! Walter! I've never seen a name change go against somebody so badly like it's doing Gunther. 
I can't wait for him to start jobbing to fucking Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin by week four. This guy is doomed to fail. I'm making a prediction right now. If it's not Bartell, it's going to be Walter. This time next year, Walter will be on Tony Khan's payroll and he will be all elite. I will be fucking floored if this guy is treated as a legit superstar. This guy looks like a joke already on the main roster. A joke. Give it 12 months. This guy will be on AEW Dynamite giving us fucking match of the year classics with Brian Danielson. Watch. Complete and utter dog shit. Byron Saxton, or not Byron Saxton, Caleb Braxton. Byron Saxton. Caleb Braxton welcomed Raquel Gonzalez to SmackDown. She said SmackDown has one of the most impressive female locker rooms at all of the WWE. So she goes on to say that she's never seen anything like it before. In walks Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. So they introduce themselves and they move in to kiss her cheeks and she tells both Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, not a chance. She then looks at Kayla Braxton and says, are those guys always this annoying? Raquel Rodriguez is her name. WWE just literally had her on Tuesday's NXT show, dropping the fucking titles to Toxic Attraction, Mandy Rose's girls, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. So I don't understand why they were given the tag team titles at Friday or Saturday's Stand and Deliver, only for you to take the titles off of them and put them right back on the fucking champions that lost them on Saturday afternoon. I don't understand it. Why was this name change necessary? Why was this name change necessary for WWE? Do people have a problem with the last name Gonzalez in this company? Did they not want her to have callbacks to the giant Gonzalez? I don't get it. People were telling me, oh, that's her real last name. I don't give a fuck what her real last name is. WWE had her operating under Raquel Gonzalez for the last two and a half years, three years. Her name was Reina Gonzalez. And then they changed her name to Raquel Gonzalez. Nobody is going to tell me that WWE changed her name to fucking easily trademark and own the intellectual property when they should have already owned it because they already changed her fucking name. They changed her name because everything needs a brand new start when you're getting called up from what used to be Triple H's NXT. She was operating under Triple H's rules. She was operating under Triple H's management. She's a Triple H project. Now she's a Bruce Project. And now she's Raquel Rodriguez. Absolutely fucking unnecessary. Unnecessary. Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss made their way to the ring. And we were having a happy talk segment. Oh joy, oh joy, man. Let me go get my fucking cold beverage. Let's sit down and enjoy happy talk, folks. This is what you've gotten on SmackDown so far. This is what you've gotten on SmackDown up until this point. 
Corbin said that this was supposed to be the happiest happy talk ever as they kind of went over their loss to Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Corbin sat and said he's been doing a lot of self-reflecting. He said when he was on his yacht this weekend, he had an honest conversation with himself about what kind of man he is and what kind of man he has become. He says he's realized there is only one person to blame for his loss to Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, and that man is Madcap Moss. He turned to Moss, who reacted like he wasn't expecting to hear that at all. Corbin said he distracted him. Moss apologized and said he felt bad. Corbin said Moss turned WrestleMania into something that was all about Madcap Moss. He mocked him for finally winning something when he won the Battle Royal Trophy in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Some fans chanted for Madcap Moss. He had a little bit of a uh, cheering section in Milwaukee. Corbin says he's gotten too big for his suspenders. He told him to tell him a joke. What do you call me when I'm at such a bonehead and I cost you a match? Madcap loss. I actually smiled at that one. Corbin said, that's a terrible joke. Try again. He said, what would you call Adam Pierce if he ran a brothel? Madam Pierce. I didn't laugh at that one as much as I did the first one. That one sucked too, said Corbin. Corbin said his job is to make him laugh, but the jokes lately have been terrible. Yeah, so is this fucking talk show, and so is this gimmick. That's also terrible, Corbin. Try again. Corbin says he's giving him another chance to tell him a funny joke. And your, li- and your job depends on it. What do you call a guy who treats his friends like garbage and dresses like he's going to a funeral for Tommy Bahama? You call him Happy Corbin. He rolled on the mat with laughter. Corbin asked the fans if they really think that's funny. The crowd cheered. Corbin attacked him. Moss fought back. They had a brawl at ringside. Moss smashed Corbin's head against the ringside table over and over and over again. Threw him back into the ring. Cole said Moss had been holding this on the inside for way too long because of how Corbin has treated him. McAfee said this feels good for all of us. I don't necessarily feel anything towards this whatsoever. Madcap is now split from Corbin. He beat up Corbin some more, clotheslined him over the top rope. Cole said Corbin was blaming everybody else for his failures. Moss celebrated, and he began tossing out all the props that were in the ring for the Happy Talk segment. The fans seem to be into Moss. The fans seem to be into Moss. I know for a fact that Paul Heyman, when he was the executive director of Monday Night Raw, He was a huge fan, still may be a huge fan, of Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss was in NXT. He had a ton of upside. Then we saw him debut on SmackDown. We saw him debut on SmackDown and get placed with Baron Corbin, and it it really hasn't kicked off the way that I expected it to for Riddick Moss. So hopefully this means that he sheds this gimmick, he comes out, and he's got a solo gimmick for himself, They got another guy that potentially could be a stud on the main roster. And Baron Corbin, as far as Baron Corbin, I don't know if he's going to be happy Corbin. I don't know what they're going to do with Baron Corbin. But I would love to see Baron Corbin go back to being the lone wolf Baron Corbin. That's the Baron Corbin I want to see. Not that that Baron Corbin was all that great, but it's far better than what we've been given with him on television. 
And I don't really give a shit that they've broken these two up. I mean, who gives a shit? As if my fucking life is in fucking complete and utter just heartbroken despair. How am I going to pick up the pieces of my broken fucking heart? Because happy talk is no more with Riddick Moss or Mancat Moss. How am I going to go to bed tonight knowing that these two split up? Oh my goodness, let me cry myself to fucking sleep. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Hopefully they do right by Riddick Moss, shed this fucking gimmick, and give him something that he could really get into and the fans could get into because they were clearly into him after this split with Happy Corbin. Jinder Mahal was backstage. And I trembled with fear. He mentioned something about Ricochet and wanting a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. No. Nobody wants to see that, and nobody wants to see you in an Intercontinental Championship match, period. I want Ricochet. Tell Ricochet to come out of witness protection. Tell him to defend the title. I want an Intercontinental title match. What the fuck did you do, Jinder Mahal, for an Intercontinental Championship match? As far as I'm concerned, Xavier Woods says this is the season premiere SmackDown, and all records are wiped clean to start over. Maybe you should get some wins, some W's in the win column. Then you can come talk to me. Nobody wants to see Jinder Mahal. How about Veer versus Ricochet? I take that. Jinder sucks. Don't hinder the gender, they say. No, please do. Continue to hinder the gender. Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre. This went four minutes. Sami Zayn did not beat Drew McIntyre. This was a complete and utter squash. That's all it was. Sami tried to run up the ramp. Drew caught him, carried him back to the ring, went for a claymore. Sami ducked, rolled out of the ring. Sami retreated into the stands and got counted out. A coward. Sami Zayn is a complete fucking cat. He didn't get squashed in the prototypical way of, oh my God, here's Sami Zayn. He gets beat up in three minutes, Claymore kick, and that's it. One, two, three. This was a squash in other ways because Sami Zayn is a fucking coward. He continues to look like a complete loser every single week. He deserves better. And I said it on Sunday after the Johnny Knoxville match. Sami Zayn should be given... The fucking flowers he deserves for giving us what he gave us on Sunday night against Johnny Knoxville. Not many people can go in there and be selfless like Sami Zayn was on Sunday night at WrestleMania Night 2. But here he is being treated like a complete and utter joke once again by WWE management being cowardly against Drew McIntyre. He deserves better. And so does Kevin Owens. So does Kevin Owens. We saw a video package of Lacey Evans. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. I couldn't wait to see Lacey Evans back on my TV. Said nobody ever. Lacey Evans was talking about growing up in a small town in Georgia. She said her dad worked construction and life was rough. She said her father suffered from mental health and drug and alcohol addiction. While her mom tried to be the best that she could be. She said the mental and physical abuse was more than she could take. So before elementary school, her mom loaded up everything they owned in a black trash bag or black trash bags and snuck out without their dad knowing. She said after that, they drove from state to state in various women's shelters 
and campgrounds the rest of her life. She said moving around that much taught her to adapt and overcome or give up. She said she refused to give up. She said she might not have the same straight shot to superstardom that some of these other experienced women in the locker room have. But she went through, and what she went through made her what she is today. A confident, caring mother, wife, sister, daughter, and U.S. Marine. She said that it doesn't make her better than other superstars, but they damn aren't better than me. I'm sorry, WWE. Am I supposed to forget that you did this same old song and dance before Lacey Evans got knocked up? And she was taken off television. Am I to forget that she said all this same shit verbatim the last time she was on TV? Or am I that fucking stupid, Bruce? Are we that fucking stupid? I could not give a single iota of a fuck about Lacey Evans and her fucking sob story because we heard it once before and I doubt she's going to make a dent or an impact in a women's division that right now may be the worst in all of pro wrestling. Lacey Evans is not going to be the saving grace for the SmackDown women's division. And I don't know what's to come with the title being on the line with Ronda and Charlotte. But I don't want to see Lacey Evans challenge for the SmackDown women's championship. I can't wait to see Lacey Evans in the ring with fucking Natalia and Shayna Baszler and Aaliyah. If they still have jobs at that fucking point. Where's Aaliyah? Where's Zia Lee? She made one fucking match and she got taken off television like I said she would. Where is she? Is she playing fucking Street Fighter? Is she competing in tournaments with Chung Lee? Where's Zia Lee? The protector. I don't think God could fucking protect you from what Bruce Pritchard has coming to you. Give me a break with this Lacey Evans shit, man. It sounds so fucking forced. So forced. If you didn't force it down people's throats and shoving it in their fucking face, maybe I'd be a little bit different towards Lacey Evans. I couldn't give myself a fucking reason to care about Lacey fucking Evans. Seriously. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Lacey Evans versus Ronda. Drowsy! Oh my God, my mom! Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan's a Monday Night Raw superstar. She's on SmackDown. No explanation about it. No explanation about it. This isn't a tag team title match. This isn't a tag team title match. She's not here with Rhea Ripley. The fuck is she doing on SmackDown? Oh, but I'm supposed to really think about the brand split being, you know, individualized here, right? Oh, the brand brand split rules. The brand split rules are instituted here on SmackDown, right? I'm supposed to take them seriously. When WWE can't even fucking explain why Liv Morgan is on. SmackDown tonight. She went one-on-one with Sasha Banks, who is one half of the women's tag team champions. This match went seven minutes. Nothing really overly uh, exciting about this match. Decent match. Nothing all that exciting. So, Naomi was on commentary at the start of this thing. And... Michael Cole noted that Banks and Naomi made history by becoming the first black women's tag team champions. Excellent statistic. Morgan had the early advantage. Banks fought back. She sent Morgan to the floor. And Banks was in control here with a three amigos upon entering the ring once again. Three amigos followed by the frog splash for a near fall. 
They show Shayna Baszler and Natalya watching the monitors in the back in the most unnatural way humanly possible, man. I woke up this morning with a stiff neck, and just by me watching TV tonight and seeing Natalya and Shayna Baszler watch the fucking TV backstage watching this match, I got my stiff neck all over again, just watching them. Who the fuck watches TV like that? So, after the three amigos, after the frog splash, Morgan and Banks straight up pin attempts. Banks rocked Morgan with a kick to the face. Morgan recovered quickly, caught Banks with a knee, and the fans were into this at this point. Morgan then misses a splash in the corner, bounced back and hit Banks with another knee. Banks and Morgan now on the top rope, and we get the finish here when Banks gave Morgan a superplex but Morgan and Banks both went for a pin, a leverage pin, off of the superplex. Morgan got the leverage pin on Banks and pinned Sasha one, two, three on SmackDown to beat Sasha before they get to the tag team title match on Monday. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, didn't Sasha Banks and Naomi just win the tag team titles on Sunday at WrestleMania on night two? Then we go into Monday, and we get Sasha Banks and Naomi defending the tag team championships, or I guess it's a number one contenders match, right? It's a championship contenders match, I believe. And they go into Monday, and they have this match with Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley lose, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan tease a split. Liv Morgan's upset. Rhea Ripley goes to the back, asks Adam Pearce for a rematch. They get a rematch. They get a tag team title match next week on Raw. And the match is booked. But before we get there, we have Sasha and Liv Morgan. So I ask Bruce, and I ask WWE Creative here, the one very simple thing that I always ask for, Why is it that when you have a champion on TV in a non-title match, nine times out of ten, if we're lucky, it don't happen, but nine times out of ten, said champion, no matter who they are, minus Roman Reigns, except Roman Reigns, nine times out of ten, they always lose the fucking non-title match. Sasha Banks just won the tag team championships. Now, I know they don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. They don't mean shit. Haven't meant shit since they were created. But that doesn't mean you take Sasha Banks, who just won her first WrestleMania match, and won the tag team titles with Naomi to be the first black women's tag team champions to have her go to Friday Night SmackDown and lose a non-title match. A fucking non-match that should have never even taken place against Liv Morgan when Liv Morgan already has a title match coming to her on Monday. Why did we need Sasha to lose to justify a tag team match on Monday when they already were given the opportunity for the tag team title match on Monday? Or am I losing my fucking mind? This is the illogical garbage that I question. And nobody can combat me on anything that I say because you know I'm right. People are telling me on social media, when I said this same exact thing. Oh, well, Sasha Banks just put over Liv Morgan. This is going to go over big for Liv Morgan. 
the fuck are you watching? Sasha Banks is helping get over Liv Morgan. The fuck are you talking about? This is not getting Liv Morgan over. Liv Morgan's going into Monday with a tag team title match looming, ready to split from Rhea Ripley. Well, Rhea Ripley, I should say, is ready to split from Liv Morgan. Rhea Ripley's going to go on and join a faction with Edge and Damian Priest. Where exactly is Liv Morgan going? Catering. You think Liv Morgan, by this win tonight, is going to be propelled into a bigger role? <laughs> oh, man, you guys are the same fucking idiots that thought Becky Lynch was going to put over Liv Morgan. <laughs> You guys are some fucking comedians, man. Seriously. You guys are some fucking comedians. Gonna put over Liv Morgan. <laughs> this shit sucks. Yeah, Sasha Banks, man. Welcome to SmackDown as your new women's tag team champion. Already losing after winning the titles on Friday night. Creative is dog shit. Dog shit. Liv Morgan's going nowhere. Liv Morgan's getting a push. <laughs> oh, man. I hear some funny shit on social media, man. You guys got to see my fucking Twitter wall. Seriously. It's like fucking AIDS. Tony Khan's doing fucking analytics about fucking uh, AEW bots. Anti-AEW bots. Why don't he do a fucking a, a, a cleanse of my fucking Twitter wall? I didn't think, that, I didn't think people were this fucking stupid. Roman Reigns, just like Monday Night Raw, what do you think Bruce does to end SmackDown? Another talking segment. Then we waited all these days for Roman Reigns, right? Two talking segments. One on the Raw after Mania, and then one after the SmackDown after WrestleMania. He's out there with the Usos. Milwaukee, acknowledge me. This is Roman Reigns. Since SmackDown wasn't enough, so he took down Cowboy Brock and won the WWE title. He said, regarding what's next, there's not much more for him to do. I done did it all, he said. He said, there's plenty left for the bloodline to accomplish. Rain said, the Usos, you know, I have two titles, and the Usos, they only have one title each between both of them. They only have one set of tag team titles. He said, I want you guys to go to Raw, and I want you guys to have all the gold soon. I want you guys to go to Raw and unify the WWE, SmackDown, and Raw tag team titles. Shinsuke Nakamura interrupted. He got in the ring, and he looked at Nakamura, and he didn't really look all that pleased to see Nakamura, but he was going to let Nakamura stand out there because on this island of relevancy, there's all love now that they got all the gold in WWE. So... He's got a microphone in his hand as Nakamura. Rain says he knows what it's like to lose a tag team partner because the bloodline lost Jimmy for over a year. He said the island of relevancy is a great place for love. He then hugged Nakamura. The Usos then super kicked Nakamura and told him to get the fuck off of the island of relevancy. They stood over him as Reigns extended his arm, held the titles in the air, and SmackDown went off the air. So it looks like we have Nakamura and Roman Reigns being set up for Roman Reigns' one-off feud for WrestleMania Backlash. And the Usos are being sent to Monday Night Raw 
to hopefully capture the tag team championships from RK Bro and bring them back to SmackDown and unify the tag team divisions. At this point, we are fi- if that happens, and WWE goes forth with these uh, these new ideas to unify these championships, then we are fifty percent there of ending the brand split. All that is left is really the women's division and merging the women's division and just calling a end to the brand split altogether. Seriously. And then getting rid of the women's tag team titles because they are absolutely fucking worthless beyond recognition. SmackDown, if there's one thing I could say about SmackDown, this SmackDown felt more like a Raw after Mania than this past Monday's Raw after Mania. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily a good show. The shit that I complained about and the shit that I ranted about, man, it's pretty fucking bad. Pretty bad. This show is filled with fucking garbage. Name changes that don't need to be. Talent that's ultimately going to get buried. A women's division that fucking sucks. A return of Lacey Evans that nobody gives a shit about. And Roman Reigns, the only thing that's, again, happened on this show that I genuinely cared about, and it sucks that I don't include Gunther in that, is Roman Reigns saying that he wants the Usos to unify the tag team championships because I've been saying this for five fucking years. And they're finally going to possibly do it and make sense of their tag team division. Seriously. Guys, we're going to go over the AEW Rampage show. Not going to spend too much time on Rampage. I, I did not like Rampage tonight outside of the main event with Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley. But I want to thank you guys, man. We got 2,600 live viewers tonight, man. Thank you guys very much for joining me on Off the Script this Friday night, wherever you may be. Continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. 941 likes right now. We got 2,600, man. We should have easily over 1,000 minimum in the likes department. Continue to get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, man. From what I see, Jesse's up serving the drinks, man. It's jam-packed. So last call's coming up, guys, soon. So go get your drinks and get those Super Chats on in. We got one new member tonight. I appreciate the members of the VIP club, man. We got a new member tonight from... Who's the lucky recipient? We got the guy with the animals becomes a new member. Thank you, bro. What are you drinking tonight? Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Honey, man. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is a free online shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, man. That range from food, tech, merchandise, fashion brands, gaming products, you you name it, man. 30,000 stores. That's a lot of different places to shop. Now, imagine you're shopping online and you are looking for a discount, man, on one of your favorite sites. When you go to check out, the Honey button is going to drop down and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for the coupons it can find for that site. And if it finds a working coupon, you guys are going to save some really, really, really big money. Now, like I always mention, man, I buy stuff for the office all the time. I'm always buying little knickknacks for my desk, things to make my multitasking a little bit easier. I always shop online for my fur babies, Bailey and Bacardi, 
food, toys, beds, catries, you name it, man. And I always make sure that they are the happiest they can be. And myself, I gotta look out for myself too, so I'm always using honey to save that money to keep my fur babies happy. So if you guys don't already have honey, man, you're, you're straight up missing out. Over $2 billion in savings and over 17 million members use honey. It's crazy. It's free, it installs in seconds. And by getting it, you're doing me a solid, and so you're supporting the podcast right here tonight for the SmackDown Post Show. And you go, you guys know I would never recommend something I don't use. So that's joinhoney.com slash off the script. Make sure you guys go and use it, download it, and start saving some money with honey. AEW Rampage, man. It was all about John Moxley and Wheeler, Utah tonight in the main event. Brian Danielson beat Trent Beretta in the opening of this show. This was a very, very good match. Uh, Brian Danielson beat Trent Beretta. Danielson was working Beretta over with a chin lock. Danielson hit a snap suplex while Regal disparaged Beretta for hanging out with the rest of the best friends. He was on commentary when he said that. Danielson got caught at the top by Beretta, and he got superplexed. Danielson and Beretta get back to their feet. They start exchanging chops together. Beretta ducked and Inzaguri took Danielson down with the German suplex. Beretta went for a DDT, but Danielson counted with a rolling elbow. Head and arm capture suplex. Got a two count. Danielson locked in an inverted sleeper hold. Dragon sleeper. Beretta got to the ropes to break the hold. Danielson locked on a multitude of uh, submissions here. Drove knees into Beretta's head. Danielson went for a pile driver. Beretta counted with a backdrop. Beretta hit the Tornado DDT. He then set up Danielson for a top rope, her and Karana, but Danielson slipped through and crotched Beretta. Danielson then went to the top rope for a backdrop suplex, but Beretta shifted his weight, turned it into a modified bulldog for a near fall. Danielson came back with some kicks. Beretta counted with some forearms. This all led to a pile driver by Danielson. And we got the Busaiko knee as well. And then the LaBelle lock, which pretty much did it in for Trent Beretta. And Brian Danielson beats Trent Beretta in a very good open to AEW Rampage. It was all about the best friends and the Blackpool Combat Club. And that's what they did. Danielson took it out on, on Trent Beretta, who's actively not really a big fan and has made it very well known not a big fan of Wheeler Yuta. So they booked this match in the open, and then they booked Moxley and Yuta in the end to kind of, you know, bookmark the two situations here. Beretta, he had all that coming to him, and Yuta, he was the one who actually proved to everybody, more so to Beretta, that he is exactly what he thinks he is and good enough for the combat club, while Trump Beretta did not think he was good enough, and he's a turncoat, but he worked his ass off to get there. So I like the little mini story that they're telling here with the bookend of the matches that they booked on Dynamite, or Rampage, rather, with Danielson and Beretta, and then Moxley and Yuta. Hook, he was interviewed backstage in the locker room by Lexi Nair. He was sitting there eating some Lay's potato chips. He did not answer any of her questions. He got up, threw the potato chips in the trash, and out of the trash comes Danhausen. Danhausen tried to curse him, and it did not work as he walked away from Danhausen and left the locker room. Danhausen then picks up the potato chips and starts eating the potato chips 
that Hook had thrown in the trash. So now Denhausen is Oscar the Grouch on AEW Rampage. Great. I think he would fit well on Ring of Honor. I don't think he really is doing much of anything on AEW television. I think the appeal has kind of worn off. It's the same shit with Dan Housen. He's nothing more than a comedy character. And I think we need to see less of that on AEW television. Both Dynamite and Rampage. I don't find it really funny anymore. It kind of overstayed its welcome about three weeks in. Not really a big fan of Dan Housen. Never was. He's intriguing. He's funny when he wants to be. But from what we saw of him lately, not really all that into it. Scorpio Sky. He cut a promo in the ring. He was quickly interrupted by Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti. Dan Lambert and Ethan Page ran down. Guevara and Conti got cheered for it. And Page doesn't want his daughter, who's asleep right now, because Page, Ethan Page, says he's a good father. He doesn't want his daughter to turn out like Tay Conti. Scorpio was pretty much standing there. He is the TNT champion. He kind of felt like an afterthought in this entire segment. But I hope they do right by both Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, man. I think they're both greats. And I honestly, I honestly am a bigger fan of Ethan Page. I think he's a great promo. And I honestly think that he should be a priority as well for Tony Khan and AEW. They just signed him to a new deal. Scorpio Sky really doesn't feel... All that important here in this segment. And Sammy, I don't know what they're doing with Sammy and Tay Conti. I really don't. There was one thing where, uh, you know, Sammy came out and says, uh, how do you say piece of shit in Portuguese? And Tay Conti says, Dan Lambert. So they all expected, and everybody expected Dan Lambert to make some sexual jokes about Tay Conti and Sammy Guevara. But it seems like these two are going to be feuding continuously and the match is going to be Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. But the thing is, Sammy Guevara really isn't doing himself any favors. The, the relationship being brought to television with Tay Conti isn't doing Sammy Guevara any favors, man. There were heavy boos for Sammy and Tay. Sean Ross Sapp, I believe, even posted on Twitter during the show, and I agree, and I said this with Jesse on Wednesdays, the last couple weeks when we talked about Sammy, I think Sammy is at a point right now where he should definitely think about going heel. And Sammy replied, nah, I'm good. But he brought this all on himself. They brought it all on themselves. So a heel turn probably would benefit them because at least at that point, they would get booed for all the right reasons. Right now, it's almost as if Sammy Guevara is the new Cody Rhodes and Tay Conti is the new Brandy Rhodes. They're out there. Nobody wants to see them right now. And especially Tay getting booed. And she's done such a, a, a decent job to get to this point in AEW. They're getting booed because of their relationship. And they're not being booed because of their characters on TV in the ring. Not really a good look. Not really a good look for me. So I don't know what they're doing there. But it may be best if Tony Khan sits them both down and turns them into some Really just fucking prick-like heel couple. Sammy turns into a complete dick, and Tay Conti turns into a fucking cocky bitch. Seriously. And they're better than everybody. At least at that point, they'd be playing their right roles instead of pretending them that they're baby faces and they get booed anyway. Not going to work out that way. Swerve Strickland. He went up against QT Marshall. 
Nothing match here. Five minutes. Swerve hit Marshall with a few elbow strikes. Took him down on a third. Swerve came off the top rope with a flying uppercut to Marshall's back. Marshall dropped down, took Swerve over, nailed him with a right hand. Marshall went for the cutter, but Swerve evaded it, hit a flatliner. Then he pumped up the crowd. Whose house? Swerve's house. And hit him with the back of the head heel kick. That's his finishing move. One, two, three. And Swerve Strickland gets the easy victory over QT Marshall. Willow Nightingale. She went one-on-one with Red Velvet. This was an Owen Hart Foundation match. Pretty decent here. Again, nothing that's going to get you get you to jump off the couch and go rewatch it or anything. Nightingale, she wrestled Mercedes Martinez at the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor show. Decent little match that they had there for the interim Ring of Honor Women's Championship. So it was nice to see her on AEW television. This was a Owen Hart Foundation qualifier. Nightingale and Velvets were already in the ring. No entrances for either one of them. Same thing happened with Trent and same thing happened with Brian. They were already in the ring. As soon as 10 o'clock hit, ding, 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 we got a match to start. I do not like the way Rampage is formatted. I don't. I don't like the way Rampage is formatted at all. It's way too quick. Nothing ever has a chance to breathe. I really do think that Rampage needs a complete overhaul as far as the show goes. Nothing on the show really is deemed important. The time slot sucks. The flow of the show sucks. The fact of the matter is the, the show is not live. That adds to it sucking. The fact of the matter is this is an Owen Hart Foundation qualifier for the tournament. And we don't have any ring introductions for Willow Nightingale and Red Velvet. Nothing. I don't like that at all. It, it just makes everything seem so unimportant to me. So I had this match. It wasn't bad. Velvet and Nightingale with a back kick. Took her down with an arm drag. Nightingale had the offensive advantage. She went for a senton. She missed the senton. So Nightingale had Velvet down on the mat. Then went for a top rope moonsault. Velvet moved just in time. Uh, Nightingale did clip the back of her head, though. Uh, Red Velvet said that is with her knee coming down from the top rope with the moonsault. Velvet hit double knees across Nightingale's back, then hit her finisher, but Nightingale kicked out. Velvet got caught with a spine buster, and Nightingale was able to get a near fall. The two went back and forth in the center of the ring. Nightingale hit a big pounce, took Velvet off of her feet. Nightingale followed with a cannonball in the corner. Velvet was able to kick out of the follow-up pin attempt. Velvet then hit the backstabber and hit the corkscrew kick, which she calls the uh, final slice. For the one, two, three, and Red Velvet in six minutes is advancing to the Owen Hart Cup. So now we got Tony Storm, and we got Jamie Hayter, I believe, and we got Red Velvet. Oh no, it's not. Uh, when, when is Jamie Hayter in the tournament? I don't remember. Tony Storm's in there. Sheeta's in there, I believe, and Red Velvet's in there. So it may be four. It may be Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, Red Velvet, and Sheeta. I don't know how many women are going to be in there. But I'm liking the field so far. So we'll see what happens with that. Main event. This was fucking awesome. Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley. This match was fought under the Pure Rules format, but it was not for the Pure Rules title that Wheeler Yuta won at Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. 
Yuta immediately dove through the ropes. Moxley made his way to the ring. And Wheeler took him out. Two fought on the outside. They, they, they fought in the crowd. Yuta threw Moxley's face into the metal guardrail as they finally made their way into the ring. Moxley had a German suplex, slowed things down. He took Yuta to the mat. He went for a cover, only got a one count. Moxley raked Yuta's face. Crowd was cheering for both guys. Yuta hit him at hat and drop. And Moxley throws him over the top rope, and Yuta hits the floor. So Moxley goes to the outside, drives Yuta's face into the steel steps, and Wheeler Yuta is bleeding all over his face. His entire face was covered with blood for the duration of this match. So with Yuta's face covered in blood, Moxley is fighting him, beating him up. Yuta started to fire back, but Moxley cut him off. Yuta finally was able to send Moxley to the outside, jumped off the top, dove onto Moxley, who was laying across the announce desk at one point, did a flying crossbody off the top row, frog splash rather, through the table on the outside. There was a cool visual of a bottle of water just fucking jumping off the table, flying in midair as Willie Yuta came crashing through John Moxley and this table. Crowd was fired up. They were all into this, incredibly into Willie Yuta. Moxley got back into the ring first, uh, Wheeler Yuta took his time. Yuta went for a backslide for two count, then hit a deadlift German, and another. He tried for a third, but Moxley fought out. Yuta came right back with a back suplex and started to use the Danielson kicks to the face on John Moxley, the move where Danielson takes your arms and starts just grounding and pounding you with his boot to the face. Wheeler Yuta did that to John Moxley. So that's a message. Yuta went to the top rope, hit a beautiful-looking frog splash for a two count, Yuta locked in a crossface. Moxley looked like he was about to tap out. Moxley rolled back and broke free of the hold. He followed up with a King Kong clothesline. Moxley hit Yuta with a couple of strikes. Yuta was still trying to make a babyface comeback, firing up. And at the same time, the crowd was firing up along with Willie Yuta. So Yuta uh, fought off Moxley as Moxley tried to push Yuta into the corner. Then came off the top, did both, and... He got caught in paradigm shift in Wheeler Yuta. So he came off the top rope. Moxley caught him. Paradigm shift DDT. And that should have been it. Nobody kicks out of the paradigm shift. Wheeler Yuta kicked out of John Moxley's finishing move. Then he locked in the bulldog choke, which is Moxley's go-to finish. Secondary finish. Yuta tried breaking it until Moxley let go. Yuta rolled up Moxley for a close two count and then locked on his own bulldog choke. Moxley got to his feet. Yuta locked in a sleeper. Moxley rolled out of it, hit Yuta with some elbows. Moxley hit the regal knee and then another paradigm shift, but Yuta kicked out again. Moxley locked in a sleeper and Yuta finally passed out. 13 minutes. This was great. Probably one of the best Rampage main events that we've seen in a very Long time. After the match was over, Regal and Danielson walked to the ring. They circled around Yuta. He was on his knees, blood dripping down his face. Yuta told them, come on, give me what you got. And the crowd was chanting, shake his hand, shake his hand. William Regal looked like he wanted to beat the shit out of him. He got to his feet and he shook Wheeler Yuta's hand. He then, Yuta, seemed to write the initials of the Blackpool Combat Club in his own blood on his chest, and then you could hear Moxley tell him, now the real work begins. And the show went off the air. You know, it doesn't really 
drive me to watch the show knowing that it's taped. But I heard from so many people that watch the show, that watch off the script. JD, you're going to love this match. JD, you got to watch this match. Yuta and Moxley killed it. And this is why I love what I do so much, man, because you guys absolutely know what I love. We all love the same thing. We just want good professional wrestling. You know, if this was a WWE show, if I didn't have the podcast, and this was a WWE tape show, and I read the spoilers online, I probably wouldn't have gone back and watched anything on the show because by the looks of it, it's nothing happened on that show. Nothing looked like it was important. But if this was the tape show and I heard rumblings of this match being great, I'd go out of my way to watch this, this show for this match only. And that's what they did here. You know, Wheeler Yuta has had such a great two-week run. He's been on the up and up, but the last two weeks have been absolutely career-making for Wheeler Yuta. He had that great match with Danielson on Dynamite. That was a breakthrough performance in its own right. Then he goes to Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor last Friday, beats Josh Woods for the Pure Championship. Not a real big fan of the Pure rules, but I get the history of the Pure title in Ring of Honor. Then he goes to Rampage tonight and wrestles John Moxley. So he's wrestled all of the Blackpool Combat Club. He won the Pure Championship in the span of two weeks. This is the greatest two weeks of this guy's life. And Wheeler Yuta is a made man. That crowd reaction is significant because that is the reaction of somebody that Tony Khan is putting a lot of effort to and a lot of time into. And the crowd is appreciating what they're getting in return. Wheeler Yuta was a made man tonight. Chance of Yuta, Yuta, Yuta in the crowd in Boston. This was a tape show from Boston on Wednesday. That is going to be a regular thing moving forward. Wheeler Yuta has been booked perfectly in this little run that he's on. And the Blackpool Combat Club welcoming him into their ranks is career-defining for Wheeler Yuta. WWE can't even begin to build a new superstar. Tony Khan has given everything he has to Wheeler Yuta in two weeks, and this guy has taken it and showed Tony Khan that he absolutely deserves it. Wheeler Yuta's been booked better in the last two weeks than everybody on WWE television not named Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in the last 12 months. Imagine that. Imagine that. Two weeks. What Tony Khan did in two weeks with Willie Uta, WWE can't do with anybody on their roster. That's how you make a new superstar. This was a great match. And Willie Uta is a made man after tonight wrestling that match the way he did. With that intensity. With Brian, then Woods, and winning the pure title, and then John Moxley. Guys, we're going to go over the Super Chats in just a second. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me, man. Continue to hit that thumbs up. We hit the minimum of 1,000. I appreciate you. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up, man, continue to hit that thumbs up. Super Chats are open. We got new members. We're going to go over it all right here on Off The Script. Follow me on social media, guys. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. I'm taking the weekend off, man. You won't see me back till Monday. WWE announced Cody Rhodes versus The Miz on Monday Night Raw. Already putting Cody Rhodes in nothing matches. I don't get it. I don't understand it. 
So you'll see me on Monday, man. I'm taking the weekend off. But I appreciate you guys for the great seven days that have been right here on OTS. Follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Again, hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And make sure you guys continue to hit that join button, man. I'd love to get a thousand, a nice round number of a thousand members of the OTS VIP club. Let's start at the top, man. Who do we got? Tony Brown. Tony Brown with a 999 Super Chat. He says, yes, sir. Booty. Who do we have tonight, bro? We had Sasha Banks. We had Naomi. We had Liv Morgan. And we had Red Velvet. Some pretty decent booty meat, bro. Some pretty decent booty meat. We've seen better. There have been better nights for the booty meat, but... Not a bad night, Tony Brown. Tony Brown also with a 499 Super Chat. He says, Red Velvet is tiny but tasty. There you go. Tony Brown is a fan of Red Velvet. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Too predictable. Nakamura will screw the Usos over. I don't know, man. I don't know, Michelle. I think the Usos take the titles and we get the bloodline with all the gold. ECW Hardcore with a $5 Super Chat. I laughed out loud when I heard Ludwig. Hopefully Imperium will be all elite soon. Moxley versus Yuta was fantastic. A star is born. See, Vince, this isn't hard. Yeah, it, it really is for Vince. It really is for Vince. He just can't hack it anymore. Jay Coyle becomes a member for seven months, bro. Thank you so much, man. Will Yuta and Dominic Mysterio are the same age. And Dominic Mysterio isn't a tenth of what Wheeler Yuta is. It's amazing. Like I said, bro, Dominic would do himself a favor by staying in NXT. AMG with a 179 UK Super Chat. Raquel Gonzalez is now Rodriguez. Why? For the reasons I gave you, bro. They are seeking to eliminate all Triple H. I wonder what Champa is going to be renamed. That's my fucking concern. I guarantee you they changed the name of Tommaso Ciampa. What is LA Knight going to be called? They will probably, if they don't change Champa's name, they will definitely cut his first name off. He'll just be known as Champa. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Red Velvet gets some cake. What type of cake do you want Red Velvet to get, Joseph? Or do you mean she's got cake? One or the other. I don't know. Say Ja with a 499 Super Chat. In my opinion, Edge's new faction could use another made guy to ensure that Priest gets over. I think Seth could be that guy. Maybe add Rhea much later. We'll see what happens, bro. I think we're adding Champa and Rhea in the coming weeks. JP. 5150 with a $10 Super Chat. July 19, 2016 was one of the very first times I heard your reviews and acknowledged your ideals of professional wrestling, and they are similar to mine. After that one review, I never missed your show since. JP, thank you so much, brother. That's a long fucking time, man. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of content. That's a lot of years, man. Casa Dragones. On me, brother. 
Say John with a 199 super chat. Wrong woman won. Velvet should have lost. I agree. I thought uh, Willow Nightingale was going to end up winning anyway. That did not happen. Mickey McClendon with a seven-month membership. Yuta showing everyone what us in Philly already knew. Hashtag Philly made. Hashtag OTS for life. Everybody loves Willie Yuta, bro. Thank you for the seven-month commitment, brother. Loch Ness 22 with a 999 Super Chat. First Butch, then Gunther. Now Rodriguez. What the fuck, man? Why? Anyways, thank you for all that you do. Hashtag Ludwig Hero on me. Hero at the bodega on me. LOL, much love, brother. That's what he sounds like, bro. Ludwig... Ludwig Kaiser, bro. Sounds like fucking number nine on the deli menu. Furious Nation with a seven-month membership. Thank you so much for the commitment to the VIP club, brother. What's up, JD? Glad to be back from Dallas and glad to be a member for seven months, man. I'm happy to have you, bro. Also, with a $20 super chat is Furious. What you said about Cody Rhodes on Monday, I absolutely agree with you, man. I'm not even upset that he's back, and I haven't lost sleep over it whatsoever. I know I can't be the only one who feels that way. There are a ton of bots out there, bro. Bunch of uninformed idiots out there. I thought Cody's uh, appearance on Raw was the only thing that saved the fucking show, to be honest with you. Trey Van Garrick with a 499 Super Chat. Wheeler was me. Can't wait for... Samoa Joe and Minoru Suzuki. Tony Khan booked Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki for Wednesday's Dynamite. Guevara and Tay are nauseating as Brandy was. Make them Edge and Lita like heels, please. It may actually end up happening, bro. I hope so. Furious Nation with also a $5 super chat. Also good on Kevin Castle for calling out wrestling otaku on Twitter for calling Cody an American sellout. Wrestling Otaku should hit up Jenny Craig, bro. I see his belly fat jiggling every time he fucking sits there indoors with his fucking sunglasses on thinking he's cool. He hasn't seen the fucking nipple of a woman in his entire life. Kevin Castle, man. My boy, Kevin Castle. So shout out to him anyway, man. Not even for calling out Otaku. Just shout out to Kevin Castle in general. Captain Solo with a $10 super chat. Butch needs to buy a plane ticket home and quit like Tony Storm. Sky's buried deep within the Earth's core at this point. Still don't trust them with Cody. Bro, I don't know how anybody can uh, listen to me rant before and not agree with what I said about Butch. And Raquel Rodriguez and Gunther and Ludwig von Koopa over there. Furious Nation with a five dollar super jet. Marcel Bartelt changed to Ludwig. This sounds absolutely ridiculous and unnecessary, in my opinion, bro. Truth be told, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, you know. If it's Triple H, don't fix it. But apparently they think everything Triple H is broken. 
Yeah, Issa, I remember that. Uh, Issa's in the chat, everybody. Uh, Issa, I remember that. I think he cut a promo on you behind the uh, fucking neighborhood subway. It's a beautiful spring day, I remember, in that video. He's cutting a promo on you because you're a female in the wrestling community, and apparently if you're a female, you don't know jack shit. That's according to Otaku, not me. So instead of uh, going and living his life, we're maybe taking a jog around the fucking track and shedding some pounds and doing something with his life or maybe going to the local coffee shop and hitting on the cute fucking barista behind the counter, man. He's making videos on Issa as he's dripping sweat in the middle of a beautiful spring day behind his neighborhood subway where he just ordered six subs. One of everything on the menu, otaku. You didn't respond to his DM. Why the fuck would you respond to his DM? He's like 500 pounds on a good day. Unique Butterfly with a $20 super chat. This is more Vincent Kenny McMahon's idea. Vince has always been obsessed with cartoon characters and comic book characters played by professional wrestlers. Big Show was a prime example. Tragically, that's what happened to Owen Hart. Well, Vince is out of his fucking mind, man. Marcel Bartel did not need to get a name change, and neither did Walter and Imperium did not need to be broken up. Otaku needs to lay off the McDonald's. Otaku's blood type is fucking McDonald's. He's one, he's one Big Mac away from uh, being where Pete Dunne's career is. Yeah, we're going to call him Wrestling Otaku. That's a great one, Cake. I'm stealing that one, bro. Wrestling Otaku is his new name. And believe me, Otaku takes sour cream, man. He takes the whole fucking dollop of Daisy and puts it on the fucking taco, man. Captain Solo with a two dollar super chat. Ludwig Kaiser sounds like a Captain America villain. He also sounds like the fucking. Uh, Weekly special at the deli. Side of pickles, man, and a side of pasta salad. On the house. Isaiah with eight months in the VIP club, man. Isaiah, thank you so much, man. If the bloodline wants all the gold, then they'll have to get a woman for those championships. Also, who do you think will be the one to beat Roman? Certainly ain't gonna be Gunther. Cody. Yo, Jesse, we got the new, uh, bro, we got your new executive chef for your taco shop, bro, bro. Wrestling Otaco. Just teach him the recipes, bro. Unique Butterfly with a $10 super chat. Thank you, Butterfly, for your generosity tonight. Papa Shango, Doink the Clan, and even the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. It was only because the men behind Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan were able to do these characters successfully. Vince gets his rocks off. Vince is so out of touch, bro. He's turning Walter and Marcel Bartel into 
generic fucking foreign villains. And correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. Bartel was wearing a Germany flag on his... on his jacket. Isn't Germany the... Isn't Germany's... Uh, I, I, I thought Germany was uh, America's ally. Or am, I, or am I wrong in that? Aren't we allies with, with Germany? But they're coming off as like... foreign invaders and heels. I don't know. So out of touch they are, man. Rich Gamble with the 499 Super Chat. Triple H guys get shit on. They get the shit end of the stick these days. WWE's pathetic. JD, keep the hardworking badass you are. Or keep being the hardworking badass you are. As always, Rich, I don't know when to stop, bro. Gavin Deeth with a Australia Might. $5 Super Chat. Walter was my chosen one to be the new WWE final boss, but now he's a first-level boss at best. Bro, at this point, Walter isn't even in the fucking credits. Never mind being a first boss. King Mo Jackson with a 199 Super Chat. Your thoughts on Solo Sokoa joining the bloodline? Eventually, yes. If the bloodline is still around by the time he gets called up. Greg Jasso with a $5 super chat. Glad I have JD to listen to while I'm stuck at work. Sorry it took longer than I wanted to join. JD, I really want to say thank you for everything that you do. Thank you, Greg. I'm glad I could keep you busy while you are at your employment. Place of employment. Kern Cluck with a 199 super chat. It was it wasn't pure rules. Screw Ronda Drowsy. I thought they said it was pure rules. Maybe I was mis- mis- uh, mistaken. And Greg, thank you for becoming a new member, brother, in the OTS VIP club, man. What are you drinking? I thought it was pure rules. I must have I must have misheard. Omega Kong with a ten dollar super chat. Yuta is me. Amazing match. But please educate me. Not completely familiar with Ring of Honor. What is the purpose of the Ring of Honor Pure Championship? Isn't there a Ring of Honor World Championship that Rhodes won years ago? The Ring of Honor Pure Championship, bro, is a little bit stricter as far as the rules go. There's a certain amount of rope breaks that you can make in a match. You can't throw a closed fist. It's a little bit more of what they say. It's pure. There's a little bit more restriction on what they can do in the ring. Look it up. Just Google it. It'll be right there, man. Completely different championship. Also, by the way, I'm drinking Branson Cognac, 50 cents signed my bottle today. I thought of you all, toast to all in the OTS venue. 50 cents. Better save that bottle, bro. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Red Velvet has cake. Yes. I'm very much aware. It depends on how big you want your piece of cake. Do you want your Nikita Lyons piece of cake? Do you want your Tony Storm piece of cake? Your Jamie Hayter piece of cake? Or your Red Velvet piece of cake? Everybody has their different cake preferences, man. I don't know. Issa becomes a member for 10 months. 
I wanted to be Shinsuke when he was being embraced by Roman. Oh, I know. I know. The first thing I thought about, Issa, was when Nakamura and Reigns were on TV, what are you going to do? You're in a conundrum there. You're, you're in like some fucking weird vortex of confusion there. I don't know. And I just got your text. Look who's watching with me. Roman. Not that Roman clowns. He's his fur baby, Roman. R.A. with a 199 super chat. You know, one of these days I'm going to meet Roman. 199 super chat. Popeye's chicken, he says. I don't eat Popeye's chicken, bro. I don't know who would. You know who would eat Popeye's chicken? Wrestling Otako. He'd eat Popeye's chicken. By the looks of it, he bought out the entire fucking franchise and hogged all the fucking profits for himself. Jason Tarr would have twenty dollars. He's probably watching right now. He's probably got his sunglasses on. He's probably filming a fucking video in his fucking cum-stained fucking bedroom. Otako. Fucking geek. I'm here taking over the fucking wrestling space on social media and on YouTube. This guy's in his fucking mother's basement with his fucking sunglasses on. In the middle of the night, cutting promos on fucking women who are great friends of mine in the community. Fucking asshole. Uh, Marcus Gunn with a five dollar super chat. JD, they don't call you Mister No Days Off for nothing. Cheers to you, my guy. Enjoy your two day weekend, bro. I can't. My voice is gone, bro. Woke up with a stiff neck. My voice is gone. I'm taking these two days, man. You ain't gonna hear a fucking word out of me, unless something major happens and Nick Khan wants to get a little silly over the weekend. You won't hear from me. Jason Todd with a twenty dollar super chat. Just ordered some liquid death. Can't wait to get it. Keep on keeping real. I love Liquid Death, bro. Justin Shriplin with a 999 Super Chat. Tonight and yesterday's stream have made me forget about Bully Ray's feelings getting hurt again. Now he thinks that WWE is forcing the fans to hate Edge and Becky Lynch. What a joke. I don't know who listens to Busted Open Radio, bro. Why do you listen to fucking idiot... Ex-performers. They don't know shit, man. Seriously. Oz and Glorious with a $5 super chat. As bad as Otako is, nobody is as awful as that dope GOC. Great stream as always. I'm not saying anything about GOC because she'll probably fucking get one of her... Her fucking boy toys over there to fucking clip the stream and then send it to her so she makes another fucking four-minute misinformed video on me. No, thank you. Team Money with a 199 Super Chat. The disappointment on Walter's face says it all. Oh, I know. I know. I saw it. I saw right through it. All Elite Ring of Honor. AJ, do you miss my recommitment in the chat earlier? Well, thank you for the recommitment, Ring of Honor. This may be Tony Khan's burner account. If so, thank you, TK. I appreciate you being a VIP, bro. 
Omega Kong, listen today. Don't ever get in a roasting battle with JD. I bet the battles you did with your friends were legendary. Oh. They were uh they were something else, bro. What a five dollar super chat. I wish I had some of them still saved. They're fucking hilarious. And Justin Stripling with a 499 Super Chat. I just got to say, you are the best podcaster, and you are the man for the hard work you put in during WrestleMania weekend. Thank you, Justin Stripling. I definitely, definitely feel it, man. I definitely feel it. But we're getting out of here, guys. Uh, Jesse, listen. Stop looking at pictures of Nikita Lyons, bro. Okay, I, I have to have you put the phone down, bro. Seriously, you're pissing me off. You're quite distracted tonight, man. I can't have you fucking oogling and googling Nikita Lyons, okay? I get it. She's got cake. Yes, I understand. Okay? Mop the fucking floors, man. I'll be back on Monday. This fucking guy. Holy shit. Can't win with this guy. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. About to jump on Destiny and uh, pull my hair out over doing a Grandmaster Nightfall that I probably won't complete tonight. What is that? Don't worry about it. It's a fucking video game that I'm geeking out of. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. I am exhausted. I need two things from you before I get the hell out of here. Number one, give me those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, those Mustang emojis in the chat. Thank you to everybody that super chatted tonight. Join the VIP club and hung out with me on this Friday night. I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you back on Monday. Thank you for a great seven days. But this guy is fucking spent. He's tired. He's got no voice left, man. I need to be at 100% next week for a brand new week of content. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you all next week for Monday Night's Raw. See you later.